0: Hi everyone, it's Mimi here. Stay tuned at the end for a very special promo code. Let's get on with the episode.
1: Welcome back to Her Hustle with your hosts, Chloe and Mimi. We interview successful female and non-binary entrepreneurs about their businesses and how they got from college to where they are today. Whether you have a side hustle or want to own your own company, if you have an entrepreneurial spirit and are eager to learn, this podcast is for you. Let's get going. Ezine Iranya
0: Adoyo is the founder of Skin Muse, a body care brand that aims to empower Black women. Since 2019, Ezine has been providing Handmade body butters, balms and oils, using all natural ingredients that are sourced from small businesses. And before working in the beauty world at companies like Dior, Izine worked in entertainment at Axis and had a sense of what it was like to connect fans with the artists they love. So now at Skin Muse, she's connecting black women with the beauty tools they need to feel their very best selves. SkinMuse recently joined Grid 110's entrepreneurial program, and we're so excited to learn about how Azenade plans to expand the beauty, eco-friendly, and grassroots initiatives that are already at the core of her company. SkinMuse is oh so glamorous. The website is incredible. So welcome today. Hi.
2: <laughs> that was such a beautiful intro. I was just like, wow, can I just keep that? Can I? Can you send I will me a, send over a soundbite? <laughs>
1: Just to get started, we would love if you can kind of trace back to your life way before Skin Muse. Tell us a little bit about what got you to the place of being a founder um, and what got you interested specifically in the beauty industry.
2: I'm originally from Nigeria, born and raised. My mom used to own a hair salon and my grandmother was a holistic healer. So everything natural was a, a stapler in our home. I mean, I suffered from psoriasis and she was always had a, she always had a formula for everything I was suffering from. Um, moved to America um, at 16, no mama, grandma, just by myself. And I couldn't find basically anything that could treat my skin as their remedies at home would. So I started working in the beauty industry. Um, I That was my first job in college. I worked behind the counter. I uh, started off there, worked at Lancôme, and then worked my way through into Dior and became a business manager for Dior. But while I worked there, it was always such... I loved skincare. I just loved skincare. Makeup is great. I love makeup. But if you, if you give me a book with skincare... Um, ingredients in there. I'm a nerd for it. I will just drink it. I mean, I just drink it up. I just love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. And um, I just really wanted to merge my my passion for skincare and my culture, which is really into clean beauty and my grandmother's recipes. I wanted a space to share that. So worked with Dior till 2018. Then I ventured off and started working in access and entertainment industry and and learning more. I've always loved being in front of customers. And, and that love, I, I, I believe, transpired, transferred into um, the entertainment industry and connecting fans as well. So it was just like the perfect match. And then November, I, literally, I didn't, that was when I took a bet on myself and I ventured off and launched Skin Muse. And we've just been running ever since. I mean running.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. That's a great story. And yes, I am now seeing more than ever how important it is to have a good skincare routine. I was wondering if you could share more about the Skin Muse founding story, especially on how you brought the team together.
2: When Skin Muse first launched in November, it was oh, it it was a one woman show. I mean one woman show. Um But I really just, I believe so much in this dream. Our mission is to create a luxury beauty house that caters, prioritizes Black women. Um, We want you to be able to walk into Bloomingdale's wherever and see a counter that, you know, knows your skin type, knows what you need, and doesn't run, help to scatter when you approach the counter. That's our mission. We want to elevate the beauty experience for Black women. So I believed so much in it. A lot of times, you know, when we are as entrepreneurs, a lot of times we get discouraged by um, it's not there yet. It's not perfect. You know, we're not close to our mission, but I just thought to myself, just start. So I just started. Um, If you see where the brand was before now, so it's two completely different things and two completely. I mean, I keep some of our old packaging just so I can see where I've come from uh i just i started and just went through it and just dove into it i remember my first pop-up was november 2nd didn't know anything I, I set up my paypal account during my first sale i didn't even know i needed a paypal account I, she was like do you take paypal i'm like yeah give us a second give me one minute one minute one minute download the app find everything up <laughs> but um that was kind of that was the beginning. And now, months later, we actually, just before the pandemic, our creative director, we took him on full-time. He's a brand specialist, Where went to FIT, um, worked with many fashion brands and luxury fashion lines as well. So it was just the perfect match to just bring him on. And he helps with the branding voice, um, all those beautiful pictures that people see, even down to the packaging. Um, all I have to do is just like, this is what I need, this is what's in my head, and he He executes it amazingly well. Our operations director, she used to be um, a celebrity assistant for many people in L.A. Now she lives in New York. And she is, I mean, efficiency is an understatement for what she brings to the table. And uh, lastly, we have our part-time assistant, which is just like, she's a gem. <laughs> just an absolute gem. That's the entire team. We are the ones, we outsource a lot of things. We try to outsource from small businesses. Obviously, that is something that's on my heart. For the most part, 90% of our resources come from small businesses. We, we try to keep that number as high as we can at at every point in time. And um, that's, that's kind of, I feel like I'm rambling. I feel like I should, I should should answer the question.
1: (laughs) Hey, it's a podcast. We're here for it. (laughs) It's also really wonderful to hear that 90% of your suppliers are small businesses as well, because I think especially now there's beginning to be more of a focus on that in uh, manufacturing in general, but not enough. But I, I feel like we're on the cusp of a change. So I'm really hoping that companies like yours are kind of leading this movement and it becomes a movement and we're really starting to see individuals buy more sustainable and eco-friendly products. So but just going off of that a little bit more, I'd love to hear a bit more about how you find the manufacturers and suppliers and from the basic level.
2: So I'm going to be very honest, you know, um, when it comes to finding like our packaging and stuff, Google is our best friend uh and that is the honest truth i google so if you're an entrepreneur listeners it is which is almost all your listeners google is your best friend don't feel too stupid to google a question i google everything google is my best friend when if i want to figure something out but um usually for a pack we're lucky now where we have only two vendors for our packaging when we first started though we google did a lot of research did a lot of reviews um source samples from as many people as possible and then we ended up with these two uh suppliers out of new york small businesses one is uh owned by a female and one is owned by a man um both amazing people and um when what what how i would say is they weren't our first choice because we got a lot of samples when we first started but they were the best for us because even though it wasn't as cheap as it would have been if we went to a big manufacturer, their service. I mean, I need something ASAP. They are on it for me. They give me they draw out the red carpet for me. Honestly, because as my business is growing, it's also a reflection of them as well and. It, 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 and vice versa, their business is growing. They're seeing the traction from where we've been from November. Um, recently, we had a big deal where Beyonce featured us on the Black Parade route, which was amazing. But oh, that then, is so cool. Amazing. <laughs> but then the orders came, I mean, came pouring in. And I'm so glad that I stuck with these small businesses because they have all, because they all know me, they all know my journey, they, they've seen me since my first, you know, order from them. They all rallied around me and we were able to like really get things moving faster than usual. They put me as a priority. They had, uh, we were on the phone every day in the morning whenever. I even had one of them drop off some stuff with some cookies for me. Those are, I mean, they make doing business absolutely amazing, and and that's what that's that's one of the big benefits of having, um, doing business with other small businesses. It's it's like it's a really genuine relationship.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Thanks for sharing. Um, I guess with that, I'm so glad that you mentioned, um, Skin Mousse's branding, and I bet it was amazing for you to kind of be. Um, featured on Beyonce's campaign, but the website itself is absolutely incredible, like your social media, etc. So I was wondering, how have you built Skin User's brand and what are some marketing lessons you'd really want to teach younger
2: founders? So I will say, stand in your truth and the world will make room for you. If you go on our page, we use very dark skin tone, a lot of um, Black skin melanin is, is is the forefront of our voice. And when I first started, I remember our first photo shoot, we were supposed to have other ethnicities in there and everyone but the black models showed didn't show up. It was it was weird. Oh it was goodness. everyone no one else showed up but the black models. And even though we knew we were gonna always going That's crazy. I know. Crazy. <laughs> we always knew we were going to prioritize black women, but we, you know, because we, we have other clients as well. Even now, we have other people all in this and using the products, but we wanted to include that in the branding. And then the time came, we didn't want to cancel the shoot. We have to do the shoot. And we just went with it. And when the pictures came out, I mean, it was beautiful. It was just absolutely radiating. And this was always what I wanted, but I was just too afraid to do it. So the universe just forced me to do it. And I remember the first time, our first month for launching, I had people asking me, like, are you, aren't you scared that people are going to like be weird about your branding and be weird that you're only using one type because we use very dark skin tones. And my baby sister and I, we're very we're dark in complexion. She's darker than me. And that's something that when we moved to America, especially myself and her as well, even back home in Nigeria, we never saw people with that skin tone in really pushed. It, it wasn't like a norm, you know? And just to see, I remember the first time she saw the picture, she was like, wow, it's like me. It's like my skin. This is so good. I can, She's like, I can model for you. And just seeing that and, and seeing how that that impacted her, I knew I had to stand in my truth. And I knew I had to be bold with it, be unapologetic about how I, I choose to brand my pro, uh, my my brand. Just stand in literally just stand in your truth. If if you're thinking about it, whatever your branding may be, you know, if it's your truth and and you come from a place of sincerity and you come from a place of your mission is is not just about you, but actually being selfless, the world will it they will have people will have no choice but to respect that you know, and, and, and appreciate you for carving on a market for, for, for other people as well. So that's my, that's my advice.
1: (laughs) That's wonderful. Hearing about seeing it through your sister's eyes and the effect it had on her, that must have been a very powerful moment for you both. And reaffirming as a founder that what you're doing is right. It's right in your truth. It's awesome. Um, we wanted to talk a little bit about how the increased awareness of the Black Lives Matter movement has affected your experience with Skin Muse being a founder. So, can you share a little bit about that? This is an
2: interesting question because honestly, the the movement has shown me that my experience as a founder isn't normal. Till now, I thought it was difficult. It had to be just as difficult as it was for me. You know, till now, I thought we were all, you know, <laughs> having the same. It, it, a weird way to put it. It's like till now, I didn't realize how much of a disadvantage we had seen in the entrepreneurship um, sphere. We all know there's disadvantages, but now that the movement has been amplified in such a big way, I'm hearing more stories of women like myself and, and hearing more about trauma in the corporate space and hearing more about how people like me will pitch to found uh, you know, other VCs and stuff and and they'll be like, "Oh, we already have a black woman on board, you know, that we're funding." And it's like, "Are you only funding one white man? What? Yeah. What does that mean?" So you, there, are people who are coming forward, and you're hearing these things, and I'm like, "Whoa, that's why Sephora only had nine black black owned uh, brands in their uh, store. There's it's not a level playing field. It's never been a level playing field. It's not even close to being a level playing field for for new brands." So. That's one the flip side of it, however, is that with the with the amplifying of black businesses and, and black voices and black lives right now, we as a community have drawn closer to one another. Um, we are now drawing from one another. It's been a blessing for myself and my business because the, our community is now making it an intention, to source from within first other people as well in our allies as well are are making it a priority to source from our community first so that as well is giving us opportunities like now how support is also giving 15 percent, which honestly uh, we can we can go back to that it's not that much that's not it's not that great it's not that many it's just open the floodgates. let's all compete early yeah. Because mm-hmm. Lakota, but um, the thing about it is that at the same time we are now like we don't really need to sit at the table. We can make our own table, and we can we can build our own community. And our allies, as well, are here to to support us by being allies. By like Glossier has, they're giving out grants right now. People are making it a priority to try to at least, if you cannot level the playing ground you can at least assist in leveling the playing ground.
0: Thank you. I I guess like with that, what are some other steps and ideas you might have for larger beauty companies like Sephora to really take a stand and advocate for diversity in the
2: beauty industry?
0: I believe,
2: well, honestly, first of all, I think 50% is not enough. Black women are the trendsetters of the beauty industry um we have spending power we just last 2018 we spent over four billion dollars on skincare alone and we're only like a fraction of the percentage in america so we have the buying power we set the trends i think that they need to also reassess is if that 15 percent is honestly enough i think that with so many especially in the beauty industry so many black owned brands so many black women um having uh, kind of making the way and 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 branching off in this industry the potential is way beyond 15%. Um also another thing that they could do as well is take that opportunity not just only with business owners but even black creators black voices in your marketing department have black representation in there because what happens is when you only have one kind of person or one kind of race or one you know in a room if you only have 10 men in a room, of course, they're going to source from men if there's no women in there. No one's going to think it's odd to keep only sourcing from men. So you need to look within your company. What does my marketing department look like? What do my buyers look like? What do, what does my team look like? Um, what, what who People I, I source from, what do they look like? If you only have one type of person in that industry making the decision factors, meanwhile, on the sales floor, it's a whole plethora of colors of people and minorities and, 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 and beyond, you need to do a reflection and be like how we need to change from within so that when we, we, when we open up doors and we want to offer opportunities like this, we know that we are getting a diverse collection of entries um, and stuff like that. Uh, it's, it's just, it's as simple as that. It's really making that change, pull up, you know, the pull up change right now that the beauty industry is making people do is pull up for change. Like, don't just give us a statement. Don't just donate. Literally think to your do a, do a reflection within you and your company. Um, what we're doing personally is we actually have partnered up with other founders. We've always sponsored therapy sessions, but now we have an app, um, being, that is hosting, Free medical sessions for Black people, people of color, and um, that's you know that that just goes to show you can do way more than you think you can do. We are a bunch of small brands coming together to sponsor free sessions for people of color. That's in itself is it, it in itself is is a strong movement, and you can get from OBGYN help to a pediatrician to a, to a therapist to a sex therapist, whatever it is, you can get. Um, access to for free so when that when you reflect that and you turn that back and that's us as black founders you know we we source from all types of people we source from black white brown but then the key makers and the key movers in in all these industries they are not diverse enough to even start to begin to think that there is an issue i can go on and on i'm sorry
0: (laughs) no no that's great and also like from a consumer perspective really changing our habits as well not just maybe Buying from a black owned business once, going, that was great. And then going back to your typical beauty shopping habits. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree.
1: Do you think you can share maybe a specific challenge that you faced just running your business in general and then how you overcame it, like the breakthrough moment that came after the obstacle?
2: Imposter syndrome is a challenge that
1: it is crazy
2: when I say it because my first job was behind a beauty counter. It was my, I did, that's the one job that I have most experience in, in it, which is being in the beauty industry. Um, but when I launched this, imposter syndrome was a big thing for me. You know, I I felt myself cowering to what society said my business was supposed to look like sometimes. I felt it was very hard to to, to, what's the word I'm looking for? It was very hard to educate people on the luxury of the brand. Um, When I first started, people thought I needed to be in beauty salons. And I'm like, do you see what I'm selling? (laughs) Like, Do you see what this is? Uh, Not beauty, so beauty, um, like the hair store. Some people would say, oh, you know. Or I remember one time I went to source from Shell Space. I will not mention the store. But I went into source Shell Space and they said, oh, we already carry shea butter. Like, we're not selling. And I'm like, we're not selling just shea butter. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> ingredient in the entire body butter. <laughs> like, what what does that even mean? I'm like, what? like, do you only sell one type of? Lo- I, it was just the the response was so ridiculous. I just left. <laughs> I was like, what What does that even mean? Like, what is that? So, imposter syndrome, and having to tell people we don't just like another thing. Another time, we had a meeting with someone, and they're like, "Oh, our ethnic is full." Okay. Oh my god! Is your body care product line full? Is the is the e- body care line full aisle full? Like, what does the ethnic aisle? Why am I only limited to the ethnic aisle? So you hear things like that, you know, and um, that's definitely those are definitely challenges that I've had to face. Not accepting um those definitions or those those people's not accepting people's insecurities um onto myself, you know. Definitely letting myself know, like. It's not true. You can do better and you should do better and you should you owe it to yourself to to move better.
0: Yes. With everything you're saying, um, like the key takeaways are we know about the importance of representation in the beauty world, similar to entertainment and media. We were wondering how your customers have really responded to Skin News and how do you react or source their feedback to improve
2: your company? So for me, it's been a really good blessing. Knock on wood. <laughs> it's been a really good blessing because, for a company as young as ours, the reception has been amazing. We we had a feature in Crown Magazine, which is a, a well-known black magazine. We were featured in the Mountain Dew and BT commercial. Now we featured uh, we were featured on the Black Parade route by Beyonce. So I mean we were we're in two stores, one in Inglewood, one in Culver City. It's a very new... When I think about all these things, I'm like, I didn't even think we would be here so soon. And it, the feedback from our, our... When I see the reviews, sometimes they make me cry. I will read a review that just someone pours out their hearts in our DMs and I'm just like, oh, my heart. Thank you. Like, they don't. it's... I still can't believe that people are willing to spend their hard-earned money on my brand it's a beautiful brand you know it's a beautiful beautiful brand we have beautiful formulas and stuff but the feedback has just been amazing and at the same time because we also try we don't try we strive to all the time give luxury experience for your experience from the buying down to when you receive your package to the customer service is premium top tier regardless but at the same time um Every time we hear maybe somebody had a difficulty with something or perhaps if your package didn't get there on time, we take that feedback very seriously. We will. There was a time where someone's buddy butter, I guess they left it out too long and it melted before they, you know, they received their package. And I drove to their house and I delivered. (laughs) Dedication. That's amazing. Another package. But that is how we treat the feedback that we get. We give it the almost, every, nothing is, there's no such thing as stupid feedback or or ignorant. Like every, I go into situations when I'm, especially when we have like focus groups or we try to have branches where we test new products um, with our clients. I go into that thinking, I know nothing. I know nothing about skincare. I literally tell myself, you know nothing. Because what that does is it makes me listen. And sometimes I pick up gems from that.
1: It's interesting hearing you say that also coupled with the imposter syndrome side of things because you do know so much. You've been working there like in this industry for so long, but I think there's something very important about like when you're talking to your customers, when you're engaging and trying to learn, it's okay to feel confident in what you know, but also open your ears and be open to learning more. So that's a super powerful sentiment in addition to reviews and feedback from your customers how else have you been able to track your business progress
2: this one this is the question where i stumble sometimes because i mean we are already over 200 orders awesome the growth has been astronomical it's 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 now a weird place where we we see the progress we see us moving we see we see it um So uh, I don't like to say financially, because I feel like financial growth is not a best way to really check yourself for long term, because things happen, you know, trends happen. But how I track our longevity in the industry is my customer base, honestly. Um, I track how they're responding, the return. I look, I'm I'm more concerned about my return rate than I am about our... um, ourselves. Because if I know that you keep coming back and you keep trusting us over and over, then I know I'm doing something good for you. That's one way. Another thing that we do is, is also our outreach program. You know, we've gone from seeing that our business has grown so much where we can double our social impact in, in our community. So those are the two ways, my return customer rate and how much more can we have an impact as well. And then I guess the third one is our team. Because that's also a progress. We've gone from a one-woman show trolloping through downtown <laughs> <and old> orders. <laughs> that's a <laughs> that's tro- picture. <laughs> tro- I mean, you should, it was hot and musky. I would be just with the bag, just walking through, trying to get to the post office before 5:30 to a better whole system, <laughs> system of drop offs and pickups. And, you know, just, just naturally, just um, a better experience than when I first started. We, we started off in my ki- in my kitchen and now we, we have a space where we, you know, have production. So things like that are also how I track progress. Yeah,
0: like I can definitely see you like going down the streets, doing everything by hand. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, well, I guess before you did all that and when you worked in the corporate beauty world, and also when you originally thought that you'd go into engineering, I was wondering what are the specific lessons you learned
2: from these very structured experiences mm. that you still use today? Ugh. Very little. I'm not okay. a little <laughs> bull with that. Um, I will say in in the lux in beauty luxury, what I learned from from Dior, everything I learned about luxury, everything I learned about customer experience, I have definitely taken with me because I I, my clients will tell you we really strive for you to have the best experience ever with us we really really do so I will say that's one thing I've taken the essence of luxury and and the efficiency of it and how it makes people feel the 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 feeling they get from that experience I, I I took with me um I will say customer service which is kind of like in the same thing um More from the beauty industry, I took a lot. But when it comes to like the corporate side and stuff, I really learned more about what not to do than what to do. Um, I don't believe in one size fits all. I really don't. I think that's one of the ways you can shoot yourself in the foot when you start leading your entire team all the same way like one recipe for everybody. That's impossible. People have different needs, people have different strengths, people have different weaknesses. And I think you should play into that. Every every individual should always be an individual um, before they be they should never be a number on a sheet. They every single person that will ever work for me will always be an individual. And if I ever interview like one time I was interviewing someone, I was like, what is your self, what is your self-care routine like? What are your triggers like? These are questions that people who you're going to be spending 80% of your time with should know. Because in the normal work, um, nine to five, you're here all the time. You're always there. You're always around the same people. People, like they should know your triggers. <laughs> they should know what, you know, It's those are questions that, doesn't that work. You, yeah. know. you know, they should know and they should be respected. And And those are things that I would always, I will always implement. Um, in my business, that's, if that's something I can always control, I will always control that. So yeah, it's kind of like the flip for me,
1: (laughs) man, we, you're so new in your business, but already you've implemented so much wonderful stuff that huge companies have not been able to do for whatever years. So it's so awesome to see the foundations that you've put in and obviously the growth that you're going to have. So thinking about growth, uh, we wanted to talk a little bit for our last question about the grid 110 program that you're in right now. And if you could talk a little bit about like your one year vision for skin use, your like North Star end goal vision, like where do you see yourself in the next one, five, 10 years?
2: We actually just finished the grid 110 program. And if you're an entrepreneur in California, in Los Angeles, um, please apply to that regardless of what stage you're in if you don't get accepted the first time do it again um it's a free service they don't take anything out of your business they don't take they really take nothing from you nothing you don't have to pay for anything and they work hand in hand with the mayor's um la mayor's office and they for months these people took time out of their day twice a week to help me work on my business it shifted my perspective of having to work in my business and i started working on my business on the longevity of my business um that's something that they definitely changed my vision literally went from working in the business to on the business because of that program Um, they give you all types of tools a network of other founders and other people who are so filled with wisdom and, and, and resources that you can use at the snap of a finger um, and in return, Skimmuse has been growing since we left the program. It's literally been just blessings and blessings, and and they really helped us refine our operational things and, and reducing cost of production and how to to prioritize. Now that we are running, uh, we our vision is to get into more stores. Um, five years from now, we would like to be a luxury house. Uh, Hopefully maybe our own Bloomingdales, perhaps, you know. Yes. House that, that houses other black beauty brands and, and gives the experience, makes the experience just as luxury, just with a little bit more pizzazz. <laughs> um so that's definitely our, our long term vision. The next year, product expansion, trying to also increase our social impact. Um, we have a refill program in a, that runs in L.A. right now, and we are trying to figure out how can we expand that outside of L.A., you know, the best way possible. And years from now, we will be a household name with, unha- with a little, well, maybe more than one store. <laughs> we'll all have skin views in our house. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's, That's awesome.
0: You. <laughs> um, thank you. Zene, now we have um, a few speed round questions and so we'd love for you to answer first and then Chloe and me. So the first one is what
2: is the most relaxing scent for you? Peppermint. You can never, find. I always have peppermint on me, peppermint oil. I have to get
1: some peppermint. I don't know if I've ever had um, a peppermint scented thing before, besides like the holidays. <laughs> But it's supposed to be good with for stress reduction, right? You like put it on your Yes, yes it
2: is. Yes, it does and it helps like headaches and yeah, yeah, it calms you.
1: Awesome. I really like I don't know if it's relaxing, but I just love the scent of gardenias. I think it's so so really nice love. and floral.
0: I really like artificial cherry like <laughs> scent. I think it just smells really good. Um, you
2: know, whatever flush your boat, girl. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so I'm going to go with that. Maybe not the most luxurious, but artificial cherry.
2: Man, you can tell so much
1: about our personalities from the scent we chose.
0: I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> what is an unusual trend in makeup or fashion that you want
2: to try? Okay, this is hard because I try everything. I mean, I try ev- – there is nothing – I'm like, oh. I- what that looks like, um but one thing that I have yet to try for whatever reason is colored eyeliners. Mm. I don't know why, I just always forget to buy it when I go to the stores. I just always forget, but I'm always like, oh, I should do a oh, little metallic or something, yeah. like metal. you, know, you know, the eyeshadow looks and stuff, maybe a liner in my crease. Those little um, trends. Now I want to try awesome. that.
1: I think it's yeah, – When I see pictures right. of people doing that, it looks so cool.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. So I wouldn't try that.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't – I wish I could say I follow, like, makeup trends religiously, but I don't. It's, like, whatever kind of comes up on my Instagram or TikTok, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then I try it, and I, like, get my entire face covered in eyeshadow. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> – um. This is random, but I really want to try the, like, Harley Quinn makeup look. I know that's, like, so two years ago, but I just think that's really fun. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe, like, the it clown. Like, I kind of want to just, like, do the full thing and just see how crazy I can make myself look.
0: Go ahead. (laughs) Send us perks. (laughs) Um, I really want to try, like, the feathered eyebrow trend. My eyebrows are pretty thick and I have a lot of hair. And I've seen people like separating them out and kind of like putting Vaseline or I don't know, like something laying it down. So all the hairs are like individually feathered. We were really out there with our ideas (laughs) today. And then the third question is plan a night out that gets you excited.
2: This is gonna be so disappointing. It's so funny because my sister was here and she would be like, yep, that's her. I'm gonna order some food probably from my favorite restaurant with my partner and I curled up with our favorite movie. hey you can do that in quarantine. You're winning I know. We, we have been living our we are we were made for quarantine. I mean we have been living our best lives in quarantine. We do yoga in the morning, you know, like some meditation in the mornings. We go to the park as well. set of time. Yeah. I mean our date nights are in the house now we love it we just so I look forward to those I I like anything calm
1: awesome you know for me we got sent home from college early obviously and I I just miss my girls like I miss my friends so anything with them if I could see Mimi like (laughs) I just want to be with my friends so like maybe getting dinner or like a lot of times we would just like sit in our dorm and just like get popcorn and just like talk or watch The Bachelor or something. And I miss those nights. So that's what I would do for my ideal night out.
0: I am a big ABBA fan. So it would just be like a night of dancing to ABBA and like throwback music. Yeah. That's what I would want to do. I love it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay, that wraps up our questions. Um, Azine, thank you so much for being here. Your responses have been incredible. All right.
2: And um, thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Um, I'm always here. You guys need anything at all. I'm a woman's woman, So I enjoyed myself. These questions were great. Thank you.
0: That was Azine and Skin Muse is Her Hustle. Please use the promo code hustle. That's capital H-E-R, capital H-U-S-T-L-E for discounts of Skin Muse's amazing skincare. Thank you so much.